0: Tuesdays on The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. We discuss, dissect and delve into crimes of the past. It's time for True Crime Tuesday.
1: Okay, The War 2, Kill or Be Killed, is an explosive new documentary series examining the new wave of bloodshed, brutality among Sydney's most feared gangsters following the shocking, shocking daylight execution of the underworld's Mr Big and joining us, this bloke here, it should be the run home with Joel and Moz, really, because he's been here more than you, Brian. <laughs> but on debut, clap him in, Brian. Josh Hanrahan from News Corp. Here he comes. Look at him. Who here, joins boys. us. Hello, Josh.
0: Hello, boys. Thank you for having us. Moz, <laughs> great to have you back. Yeah, great to be here.
1: Looking quite dapper. And total opposites here.
2: Once Josh, the young the young yeah. buck, standing up, Moz sitting down, bad knees,
3: and even the shirts. At least i got my own knees. I'll go to the icebergs. I'm the only guy with his
1: original <laughs> knees. Yes. Yeah, but-
2: hey.
1: He's looking fit, isn't he, Moz? Yeah, I see him on the beach. So I'm running with the beach. What the have you other been day. doing? You look, you're looking fit.
3: Yeah, uh, well, I, I, when Shredbury. I broke my shoulder, I couldn't drink for six weeks, so uh, I lost a lot of weight.
2: Oh, there so. you go. Uh, he walks up and down the promenade at Bondi Beach, uh, in his speedos, looking good. Yeah, yeah, stops man. every, so, stops at all the ramps, does <laughs> a push said, up,
3: does a dip. Between Josh's journalism and, and my good looks, <laughs> this is, um, you know, you just got to watch this new it's series. Hundred yes, percent. You know, the girls will watch me and listen to Josh.
1: Okay, now here, hang on, hang, on, hang on. this is notable. Yeah. I'm very bad at this and you are too. So is Moz. Have a look at the posture. Yeah. Exactly. He has got wonderful posture, our man, Josh.
2: Yeah. No no back injuries, I bet.
0: Lower back. Not great. No, really? Is that yeah. why you've got to stand up? Yeah, deadlifting. Deadlifting. That's not for me. No.
1: What about the piercing blue eyes too? Yeah, serial killer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely a serial killer. Um all right, let's get into it, boys. The war two. Last year last year's episodes was flying. So this is is this Basically a sequel or totally totally new sort of documentary?
0: It's a bit of a sequel. So last uh, last year we went through the Alamadines and the Hamsies, the Comanchero Bikie Gang. We introduced everybody to the conflict that's been going on on Sydney Street since 2020. And there's no more Hamsies left. Um, so that's why there's what? a new
3: conflict. Because the Alamadines basically wiped them out. No, but there's some in the nick, isn't there? Oh, yeah. They're the ones that are safe. Okay. Right, because it said so th- things moved on. Right, there was a bit
0: of a lull, wasn't there, in, in all the shootings? We had about you know
3: 15 20 people shot.
0: Yeah, there was a time where every six weeks we'd, yeah. we'd almost to the day go, Okay, we're due for a shooting because that's that's how rapidly they were happening. And then we had a good six month period there where there was some nice calm on the streets, and then it exploded again. And that's what we're covering in this series that spate of shootings through the middle of 2023 that began with a young kid out uh, west at Elizabeth Hills and then a couple of weeks later the death of Alan and the one you just mentioned, a, a massive player in Sydney's underworld at Bondi Junction, last place you'd expect a hit like that, next to Westfield, not far from the beach. And then bang, 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 just the, in the space of, what was it? In a couple of weeks there was five shootings and, and seven victims. Yeah. you know, and, Including and, a lawyer was shot. Yeah, which you never hear of. Yeah. And people were rightfully asking, had police lost control of the streets? Wow.
3: So we also cover it in this because while things seemed really quiet, bubbling underneath, as you say, it's always drugs, there were a series of kidnappings that were so brutal. I've never I've never come across it in 40-odd
1: years. Sorry, sorry Moz, all connected kidnappings? No, not all connected. What, but some innocent bystanders?
3: Well, no, there was one guy who was totally innocent. He just had a choice. He had a bad friend. And they kidnapped him, young Peter Vong, and allegedly he killed him for five days, ripped his... Teeth out with pliers, um, toes and fingers were being cut off. One girl had been kidnapped from Sydney, allegedly, driven to Karua, tied to a tree where she'd had her fingers, some of it, the tips, right? And this was to try, this was over a bad drug deal and they believe. But she, is this to get her to talk? Or to is it to get this her th- to talk? Uh, retribution. Mm. Uh, the other motives are sometimes just to find out where the people's stashes are, or in the case of uh, the young Peter Vong they believed that one of his friends allegedly had a lot of money. Mm. And so that five days he was held. Wow. You know, um, so that's, we explore a a bit of that too. Um, And then the murders and the shootings just piled on and the connections and what was behind them is is quite fascinating. The Meridian murder, which we we talk about, that kind of split the commentary a bit too itself, didn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it led to massive tensions. But just like that, that kidnapping that Moz talks about where that that bloke, Peter Wong, innocent bloke, was held for five days. That's literally on Canterbury Road. It's just around yeah. the corner from where the Bulldogs play. Like, wow. Is that know, the one
2: where there's footage of like the police down the street? Yeah. 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 And it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. yep. That's At the peak
0: one. hour. I, um, and I, We say it in the documentary. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of Sydney siders would have driven past that house. Yeah. Probably listening to you guys. Uh, they definitely listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, Especially and, those, and those crooks and stuff. They yeah, yeah, had no idea yeah, what was yeah. going on. Wow.
2: So you mentioned know. the Hamseys and the Alamadines. You're saying that the Hamseys are now
3: obsolete. They're they're minor, minor players. They're gone. They're in jail, but you know, out there, they you know they lost their major, major players. Medjid, Bill Hamsey. that they were the major guys in, who were running the, the the crime family.
2: So, who are the Alamedines um, associated with in bikies? Comanchero. Comanchero. Yep. So, at the moment, Alamedines have have
3: no competition. Well, that's what we explore. is... They used to work in closely with the Houcher family. Now, the, the Houcher alleged crime family has also... They've, they've been in conflict with the Comanchero. Again, this starts with bits of tension from the Meridian shooting, which has just repercussions all the way through. Now, the Houchers and Alamedines used to work together. Uh, the leader of the gang is Bill Al Houcher, mm. who's over in Lebanon, who everyone thought was untouchable, is now being locked up by the Lebanese authorities. Um, after working with New South Wales Police. He's still in jail. So we explore a lot of that. The Houchers are very, very powerful. You know, they they were always on the ascendancy. But then with the Hamseys gone, they just solidified their power with the Alamedines. And, you know, that potentially could be more conflict.
1: The Hamseys, were they ever top of the pops? And, and you guys, I'm reluctant to mention the names because I can imagine in your roles how... Just talking about it, you go, oh, jeez. We mention their names, and and you get your arms up, and you are sort of a bit paranoid about the situation. Josh, do you feel like, like me, even asking the question is, should I even be talking about them? You know, like how hard is that as a journalist?
0: Yeah, we get asked that a bit. You know, do you get worried? Do you get scared? Have you ever had any threats? Um, we we did last yeah. time we were filming the doco. We spent a few nights in a hotel because there was mm. the police called. Moz yeah. it was specifically Moz, yeah, with some um, intelligence about a threat towards him because of something he'd said. But I made a be... joke about a comandiero, and I shouldn't probably shouldn't have. Should it's
3: not... not a great move. But no, I... but but I just... did get moved into a very nice hotel. Yeah, and I said to young Josh, "Mate, you're new to this. <laughs> just drink, you know, drink up." And I, said, I
1: did. You're a madman. You, 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 no, you, you, know you know what you did? You are totally <laughs> just so. Um, what do they call blase? It? blase? Blase and just.
2: So you you mentioned the comandieros a lot.
0: What about the Hells Angels and the Banditos? Are they still around? Well, for the the best part of the last decade, maybe even a little bit longer, the Comanchero have just been the dominant force in in bikey gangs. I mean, you've really got to move beyond uh, thinking that bikeys are blokes who have beards and and ride motorcycles. Mm. You know, they've essentially become organised crime groups, drug cartels, uh, you know, as they'd say over in America and and Mexico. And and they've been the dominant force. And, And we're looking... And there's been talk. And, the Hells you know, Angels are. We know that they have stepped up. They've opened, a
3: you know, last year, new chapters southwest. They're very – they're a little bit more quieter than the commentary. They've made some big noises. But the Hells Angels, they, their leader is a guy called Angelo Pandelli, who is now hiding over in Greece, and there's warrants out for him here. But he's running the show, and there's talk that he's moved in to become – a major player because as a moving a lot of drugs in here and the hell's angels do not underestimate how much power they have
1: true crime tuesday Josh Hanrahan Mark Mori uh, crime reporters for the uh, news corp of course daily telegraph etc Brian it's, it's it's big stuff isn't it
2: well you know all the cocaine that was washing up on the beaches of Bondi and northern beaches and even Newcastle and as far south as Bega, i understand and now even victoria <laughs> yeah. do we know which Family,
0: it belongs to. It, we, it just, just blink once. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. It's um, not my family. No. <laughs> we don't. Uh, the police the police might. So I think what the situation there is, is that, well, apparently there's a story. Yes. Have we written us. it? Because we always get in trouble for talking about things that we haven't nah, really talk written. talk about it about. here. <laughs> um, so there's apparently a shipment of 700 or so kilograms of cocaine coming in on a boat out there somewhere in the ocean. Um, all you can see is blue, except boats for this are, yeah. little this <laughs> little fishing boat. And then cops here get word of it. Yep, they pass it on to to another police force, and that police force sends out a, a plane to do a bit of surveillance and have a look. And for some reason, apparently, the guys on that boat spotted the plane, got a bit sus, and just began tossing it overboard, thinking we're done here, we, they've, they've made us. And, and so that's how it's all washed up. But we don't know. We don't know. And it's funny because the stamps are out there, you know. Yeah, it said
2: Zoe on one. Zoe, yeah. The
3: one i got in my garage is Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prime. Um, but normally... <laughs> no officers, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> There'll be a search warrant coming around, just around the corner from... These like, he, rats are too. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Um, but it's unusual because a lot of those stamps were put out, Like, and the, and the stamp is normally that shows you whose, whose gear it's go, it's. Intended to, you know, because when we talk about the Hell's Angels, Comandiera, not unusual for the, those guys at the top end over in Europe, and that to get together and put in, and the same shipment will have Hell's Angels and Comandiera. Oh right, here, right.
2: Yep. So, so they're mates in 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 the sense yeah.
3: of uh, importing. Yeah. But as soon as it lands, you're an enemy. Yeah. The guys at the top, they're just they're businessmen. Okay. They'll do business with anyone. It's the guys down, the, what they call the Gronks and all, the guys down the low level, some of them haven't got the, out of that cubby house mentality where, you know, the street gang fights. Right. But the, the big guys, they work together quite frequently. The Lone Wolf, you know, there's the, the guy who's um, Eric the Wolf would be doing business with the Cometurias so and he was head of the Lone Wolf until he, he died over in Turkey, thankfully. Um, so it's not uncommon for that to happen. But at the street level... That's when the turf war starts, you know. Sometimes, well, you know, we want to have that part. We're going to start giving it to that dealer. So, so this documentary—do you—is it just you two,
2: or are you getting um, interviews by people who want to be anonymous? You know, sometimes
3: they. We did have one of those that he pulled out. Did he?
2: Like, you know, when you yeah, you're,
3: yeah.
1: I, I can understand that.
3: Yeah. So, I, and he was a person that we know, or, you know, a guy that agreed to, and we don't pay anyone ever to go on here. I so don't, I don't know. You don't know him, no. 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 And what happened?
0: Did he Well, get a, he just
3: rang mate. up and said, look, I'd ru- look. I your mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't <not> a mate. <laughs> but, but was he involved in? Well, yeah. And he knew things and he just said, look, I've spoken to people and I really, I'm just going to, I'm going to pull out. And I said, look, mate, we, we distort your voice that no one can see you. He said, it's still not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, they are. It, you can understand that. Yeah. just don't want to be associated. Totally. With, we do talk to some police and stuff. And.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got a number of interviews. We've got a bloke who was, when Alan Muradin was first locked up, you had to sit across from him and, and give the psychologist report. And he, he, he actually said he didn't think Alan Muradin was a bad bloke. He no. said he was one of the better people he came across. Um, there's Mick Lost Willing, who's an ex-homicide him. cop, who spent a number of years looking at... Bill Al Houcher and, and I, I think you, you did the interview, Moz, about how many shootings he was oh, involved in in the space at yeah, In twenty
3: twelve he said there were about seven shootings, five deaths in about three, four months that he believed Bill Al Houcher had some sort of involvement in. Right. That tells you the calibre of that guy. And this I got sent the photo from somebody and it's an um, iconic photo, Bill Al in Lebanon with holding up two machine guns. Um, so this guy was considered really dangerous, you know, people were scared of him and he was very closely aligned with the common giro here in Australia. And when he went overseas, he would have kept up that that relationship he left here because he knew he was potentially going to be locked up for some other crimes the cops were looking at him. Um and he worked with them, but lately again after the shooting of Meridian, there's been a rift with Bill Al Houcher, uh who still has control of, you know, a a major syndicate out here, according to the police, but they've broken the back of it. And we explore how that comes undone in episode four, which we can't tell you about now. No,
2: but that's (laughs) riveting. We had one come out, yes, on Monday. Yep. Um, Can I ask you this? You know the kids that do the shooting, because they look like kids. On the surveillance you see them, are these Australian citizens or are these hitmen coming from overseas doing it and then going home? Or are they local kids?
0: No, I think in every scenario so far, they've they've been Australian right. citizens. They may mm. not have been born here, or or their or their parents, or you know they've come here at an, an early age. But um, uh, that's some of them. I mean, there have been some of these shootings where police allege that the shooters are interstate you know, or something, are but, from interstate, but and but also the fly you know, in, fly out, experienced. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, you know
2: like, they like, look. Am I right in saying they look like oh. kids?
0: They are. They're very, very young. Yeah. We've had an 18-year-old yeah. killed, yeah. a 19-year-old well, killed. Um, your and, favourite guy, not favourite guy, but the
3: uh, young son of Hamsey, right?
0: Yeah. He's a young kid who just completely lost his way in life. And, and his surname should give it away. He's part of the Hamsey family. And, and the cops that I've spoken to say he pretty much wanted to you know, live up live up to the name of his cousins and these other people that he was in with. And so he carried out a spree of shootings to the point where, assumedly, his rivals just decided, okay, we've got to take this guy out because otherwise it's going to but be But by 18, us. he was a hit man yeah. and, and, and
3: carrying a gun. And in the lead up to his... before He ended up murdered. And the guy actually was caught uh, with a gun by police. So he's an 18-year-old guy involved in a gang war. He's caught with uh, a gun. And he got bailed the next day.
1: True Crime Tuesday. Uh, Mark and of Josh Hanrahan from News Corp. Riveting stuff. Uh, you boys happy to hang around for a bit longer? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first episode, keep your friends closer. Second episode, the violence explodes. Third, catching up with Bilal. Uh, and the fourth one, rat in the ranks. And that's all happening. Uh, riveting. Big, big topic. Uh, we're here with Josh Hanrahan and our man Moz. Mark Maury talking about... The War 2, Kill or Be Killed, an explosive new documentary series examining the new wave of bloodshed and brutality among Sydney's most feared gangsters following the shocking daylight execution of the underworld's Mr. Big. And uh, I tell you what, this is going to explode this particular documentary. The boys are hanging around for the next uh, five or six minutes, Brian. But
2: um i got a question. Miles, how does this all compare with, say, all the shootings in the 80s,
3: what was going on? Like, is this worse? It it appears a lot worse, mainly because it's so public. And these guys have no; they just go in and start shooting public places. Now, I I remember I went, uh, I covered one shooting a guy called Danny Chubb outside a fish and chip shop. And about I went overseas for seven months, and there were nine people dead. So it compares figures. that was pretty pretty big. Uh, even the the Razaks and the Darwitches. mate, that was terrifying. Mm. Now there are only four or five dead over a longer period. But one of them bought a, they bought rocket launchers and they were mm. going to take out somebody's mm. house that the, the cop said, if they'd use that rocket launcher, they would have taken out the whole street. Mm. Wow. So it, it, what I see now is the fact that they go in and they start shooting at gyms in broad daylight and, you know, bridge street shooting outside a, a restaurant, you know, not far from Mister Wong's. One yeah, of your favourites, great yeah. favourite, and um, good, good restaurant. Yeah, yeah not good <laughs> advertising for it. Don't try um, the garlic. No. Yeah, don't try the garlic sauce it's um. a soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buzz. Buzz, <laughs>
2: ate garlic sauce. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was a oh, topping. Was, yeah, I thought horrible. it was soup. Okay, right. <laughs> but what? What about um, the ones? Uh, first of all, going back, how did you? When you become a journo, right? Do you? You come in. You say, right. I want to be a sports journo. I want to be finance. I want great to be, question. I want to be crime. Josh, how old are you? Uh, just gone 30. Gone 30. Yeah. Did you sign uh, as a cadet as in crime?
0: No, I went to do sports. Really? Right. still waiting. Yeah. Sash. The
1: crossover. We've talked
3: about this crime and sports. Well, especially yeah. rugby, rugby league. league. Yeah. yeah. Buzz, Bulldogs. <laughs> all, they're all getting on. You know, they've got to go. Have, <laughs> have, have, go you, ever, have you ever
1: heard the Crime in Sports podcast? It's <laughs> an American one. Oh, do yourself Mate, a
3: favour. That's like They've got a state of origin side, in fact, the Inside Corrective
1: <laughs> yeah. Services. Yeah. yeah. But,
2: Josh, when did you go from. Sports to crime. When did you go? Right, eh? This, is yeah. this sports,
0: or you just don't get a, You didn't get no, a crack. I just kind of started out in in general news, and and then it was did boring. A few things. And, oh yeah, it was all right, you know. Um, and then at some point, it was probably when this gang war was building up. I started to cover a bit of it, uh, and then kind of got a bit more into it. And I was working somewhere else, and I came over to the tally and then it really kicked off. And I was working opposite Moz, and just between us. Just so of, you're
2: at the Daily Mail. Yeah, beforehand. Doing what? Like catching up with Kyle and Rewriting Jackie O? the telegram. Everything. <laughs> <Rewriting>.
1: <laughs> like what they do. It must rate the crime stuff.
3: <laughs> it does. It does It always has. You yeah. Know, from way back when I was, you know, a copy or a cadet, crime was a big mm. thing on the Daily Mirror. You know, we do it all, all the time. We actually had four or five radio cars. We'd, Going out amongst the city, just waiting for crime to happen while we listen to police radio.
2: Are you thinking this is going to be bigger than what when Carl Williams and all that sort of jazz went down in Melbourne?
0: Well, it, it's on. It's on track to be yeah. by wow. a, by a fair way. I mean, if if you just look purely at numbers, I think so. That underbelly series, like you know, as a kid, I loved it. I, yeah. I think everybody in Australia has probably watched it. There was thirty six deaths in twelve years, and in three years and a bit, we are at. Twenty three. So yeah. if you kept going, I think cool. we did the maths yesterday. You'd get higher than seventy, which would be almost double Melbourne. Were they bikie related down there? Was that the same sort of? It, it was a bit more um, just drug, okay. cartel related. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Carlton crew.
3: There and was all the all Moran's, sort of this, yeah.
0: Carl Williams, like, like what we had in the eighties. Here was there were
3: two sets. There was, and they were you know they were all mainly Anglo guys. You know, um, so and they weren't bikie. So I just was mate, that like Nettie and, and Roger. Nettie that? Roger. All those guys. And they they you were know, having shootouts going down Anzac Parade, you know, some of those guys. They were mad.
1: Just before we break, um, the question that appears obvious, but obviously the answer is not so obvious, you guys seem to know what's going on behind the scenes and therefore the police obviously do also. If we know all this information, what, like, how does this get stopped? Is, is there a way in which, or is there so many layers to it that you just can't pin who needs to be pinned.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It kind of comes back to your question about whether, like, we're worried, you know, uh, do we feel threatened? I mean, we are largely reporting what the police, what we're hearing from the police. Yes. Yes. The the biggest threats to the underworld are their fellow gangsters and the cops that are trying to lock them up. They're not, you know, two idiots writing about them in the the paper or, or on TikTok. Yes. The police know a lot, and they've said it publicly with probably what we covered in the first series, which is that they... Well, they claim to know who has done a lot of the shootings and a lot of the murders. But there's a big difference between knowing and being able to prove it, which we saw with Mick Howie, who was the head of the Comanchero, who was killed outside the gym in Rockdale. They arrested a couple of blokes, took them to trial, thought they had a rolled gold case. They had DNA, all this kind of evidence, CCTV. They and thought they... they were laughing and they both got off.
2: Oh, they got off? The... Did they get off? Yeah, both got yeah. off and
0: one of them ended up
3: dead though, Nagliazu. Yeah. He's ended up. So one of the guys who was charged with the shooting of McHowie was shot in as part of a uh-huh. part of that war. Hamzi Al He was. It was a side issue, but was part of those shootings.
1: Maybe an obvious, th- the threat on the judges. I know, like it, obviously the, the the gown they wear. or What do they call it? The, the wig. The wig it is to be less, uh, known in in public. But that's a big task on their hands, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I, we've never really we have seen judges killed here but that was during the family law court bombings uh, in the 80s covered them as well we've never seen someone basically taken out as a revenge or to stop part of an organized crime hit we haven't seen that we've seen the attempted murder of an undercover cop in mcdrury seen a few lawyers copying it here and there but a judge has never been taken out by an organized crime crew as as far as i know ever here and you know we're talking about the drugs and all that sort of stuff
2: but what about the guns because we've got a pretty strict laws on guns are they coming in the same way as the drugs are
3: is it yeah they are but that and they're bringing them in piecemeal and they are very clever they hide them as all sorts of things um and they come in, in in container loads then they put them together here like i spoke to a guy who used to run guns he's called you know he was magnum force of the 80s. He supplied guns to all the gangsters. He's telling me now that the crime families are bringing them in. They're getting these polymer 80s, they're called, over in America. Um, they're putting layers of different things in containers that conceal. Then they send the, the metal barrel and triggers. Uh, they cover them in lead, make them look like paperweights. Wow. Bring them back here and then they're... Put them and, all together. And then mould them and then just put it and they said, like a, a fitter and turner can do it.
2: But wouldn't they? wouldn't that Stop all the murders if they rather concentrate on that rather than trying to pinch all the, the drugs? Like, are they are they putting the same amount of time into the weapons as they are the drugs?
3: Well, it, they are here at local level, but that comes up to the, the, the ABF, the Australian Border Force, and the Federal Police. They're the ones that, are, you know, to stop, mm. they're protecting our borders. They just don't have the firepower and the technology. Uh, as I always say, if you know, how are you going to stop drugs and guns coming in? i going, well, give them the budget of the, the, the cartels, yeah
1: yep They've, yeah
3: you know they're up against it's kind of like you know Shelley 's lemonade here from the 40s up against coca cola in America, yeah, they just don't have the same budget it's an unfair fight, um, they try we only search less than like one percent of of all containers coming into Australia, one percent mm. Wow. and they're normally targeted it yeah because so they get a, they get a tip off Do they get a tip off or so that just shows you the extent of the problem and like and the corruption that will be going on at the borders is just phenomenal right. because of the amount of money. Anyway.
1: Boys, we've got to run. True Crime Tuesday continues. Uh, Josh Henry here, Dave Boo, Brian. rugby league we're rating. Awesome. Nine and a half. Nine and a <laughs> half. Uh, boys, what's your tip?
2: Who's your tip for the um, to win the premiership Who's this Who's your year? team, Josh? Storm. What? Oh, hey. oh yeah, because yeah, you're a yeah, Melbourne ball. Yeah, Get yeah, very Melbourne confident. You feeling your, it? I might have a wrist. Yeah, Chooks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, be confident back, too. Maybe. Those two. Chooks
1: yeah. versus
3: Melbourne. We
2: might
1: yeah. Um, you go to Vegas when we, 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 we go? Well, uh, only it's the, is to cover all the crime. Unbra- Absolutely. We'll we'll stand we, it yeah, There's sex traps. <laughs> <laughs> all, there's <laughs> <All> a crime <laughs> out there and it's relating to the Melbourne Storm price in a certain area. We might talk about that off air, Brian. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, a big, wow. big price. Okay. Let's just say this, the last 18 years, eight times, They've won the minor premiership. Anyway, no <laughs> further questions, Your Honour. One uh, 01170, Josh Hanrahan, Chief Reporter, and Mark Murray Moz, Crime Editor, of The Daily Telegraph. More at thedailytelegraph.com.au forward slash kill or be killed. Gentlemen, true crime Tuesday. Can't wait to see you next time. Okay, thanks for watching. Clean Josh. Josh. Break you, it boys. back, with see more. You
3: boys. See you.